0: Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. As we've discussed on this podcast, the beginning of any new year can feel very overwhelming. And honestly, you can feel overwhelmed as the year progresses. And one way of controlling the overwhelm is by hiring help and support within your firm. I want to go over today how to be strategic and thoughtful when hiring, especially in the world of construction management. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So as I just mentioned, hiring, let's say, a junior designer to help take some of the load off of your plate is a really good idea. But when you are looking to hire someone to help you with construction management, you need to be much more thoughtful and have realistic expectations and set goals for this other designer. Because as you know, and likely why you're listening to this podcast, the world of construction management is different from a traditional decorating project. And so if you are listening to this podcast for tips and best practices, you have to assume that all the other designers, in particular the junior designers, haven't learned this knowledge yet either. And so thinking you are going to hire a junior designer, maybe they are fresh out of school or they've had one job but no construction management experience, thinking that they will immediately take the load off of your plate that you're looking for, you will be mistaken And it will likely not end well because you will think there's, quote, something wrong with her or, God forbid, there's something wrong with you, that you are not managing the junior designer's position well. So let's take a step back because I was a junior designer. I worked my way up the ranks of several design firms in New York City. My first job was actually the librarian and I managed the comings and goings of the reps and the binders and to make sure that all the product was up to date. And frankly, I learned a ton that way because I was the first line of defense with all of the reps. I sat in on all of the meetings. I observed everything that was coming in from the fabrics and the wallpapers to the plumbing and flooring. It was really amazing. Now, that was a different time I worked in a very large firm. It was an enormous library that, frankly, it was a full-time job maintaining. And a lot of us don't have that set up in our businesses. From being the librarian in the firm, I learned things from listening to the designers. But I was not taken out of the office onto any job sites. Not once. It was only when I became a junior designer that I occasionally, went out to the job sites. And this is where I really want to dig in. So my role as a junior designer was to support the designers for both their decorating and their construction needs. What did that look like? Well, it was making selections. It was helping with drawings. I didn't create them, but I was capable of making edits and revisions. It was specifying pieces for projects both decorating and construction. It was occasionally going out on a job site because the reality was I didn't have the knowledge and the experience to add any value to a job site. So when I went, I was shadowing a designer. Now, those were the highlights. And depending on the project, I may have gone once or twice a month and I look forward to those days. Truly look forward to them. But my days, my time, my effort, and my contributions were made in the office. And when I was on a job site, I don't think I said anything beyond pleasantries to the contractors. I would ask the designer's question, more often than not on the car ride back to the office, I would pepper them with, well, what was this? And what was that? And what do you think about this? And wow, I'd never seen fill in the blank before, but they were taking me to the job sites. and. Honestly, they didn't need to. What they were doing was exposing me to a side of the business that they could tell I had an interest in, but they knew that my experience wasn't there and I was simply shadowing them. Let's call it a mentoring day, even though I was a paid employee. So you may be thinking, well, no, I know a girl. She's just out of design school. I'm sure she knows more than we think she does. Well, I want you to hear me. When I tell you I have lost track of the girls that have come out of design school and reached out to me saying, I'm not being taught any of this in school, Renee. I am being taught drawings. I'm being taught CAD, lighting, perspective, all the good stuff. And frankly, you need all of that stuff. But they are not teaching the students how to be on a job site, add value. I wish I knew the why but I want you to be forewarned that the students coming out of the schools are not as well-versed as you think they are. So what does that mean? Well, in this firm, I was in charge of going out and researching the greatest tubs, let's say freestanding tubs for a client's project. Now, at that point in my career, my knowledge didn't go beyond aesthetics. So I would pick this beautiful freestanding tub I didn't focus on the fact that the electrical equipment was inside the bottom of the tub, requiring access to that space from the ceiling below. So the designer would say, hey, this is beautiful, Renee. I love the shape, but find me one that, I don't know, the mechanics are in a remote location. We can hide it under the seat or the shower stall. Okay, that is something I had never thought of and never would have thought of. I just liked the tub. That's where my strengths were. I knew the client would love it, but I didn't have enough technical and on-the-job training to understand that it was much more complex than just what the client sees in the end. And so, unfortunately, that time researching that tub was wasted because we couldn't use that tub. And I had to go back out on a search and find one where the equipment was installed in a remote location. So you may say to yourself, oh, Renee, I could figure that out as well. Well, And you can. But if your goal is to save yourself time, then please know that you need to set a junior designer up for success. And that means knowing what they're capable of and not pushing them beyond that until you feel they're ready. Now, the good news is I didn't make any expensive mistakes while I was at that firm. And I think it's because the senior designers, they kept a close eye on what I was proposing to them. So kudos to them. And it's likely because they too were junior designers at one point, and they understood the strengths of my skills as well as the weaknesses. Now, let's say it slipped by the senior designer. They were in a hurry. They needed to put the presentation together, showed it to the client. Client loved it, signed off on it. Let's say the plumber missed it. Because these things do happen and it arrives at the site and everybody says, "Uh, we can't install this tub. It just won't work. Now we've got an expensive mistake, a little egg on our face, and a lot of wasted time. So this, again, points to the fact that you have to be very realistic about, quote, the help you're going to hire. So you may be saying, well, gee, Renee, you've just ruined my month because my goal was to hire a junior designer to help take some of my workload off my plate. I'm here to say, I think that's a great idea. I still do. But just plan to offload the type of work that doesn't require construction management skills. And by the way, this applies to a mom friend you may have and a school group. I've had tons of mom friends say, hey, Renee, if you ever need help, give me a call. I love interior design. Well, that's great. And in my personal opinion, I've never taken it to the next step, mainly because if it didn't work out, I wouldn't want to ruin or strain that friendship. But just know that when people tell you they love interior design or they binge watch HGTV or they've even done a project of their own on their own home, It is a vastly different experience working for a client with client's money. I've mentioned this before that I have seen other women switch careers, go into interior design because they loved doing construction projects in their own home, only to find out that working for a client with their money is an incredibly different experience. And frankly, not as much fun as it is when you're spending your own money making your own decisions. So another story in my career was I had a brick-and-mortar store for four years. It was an itch I had to scratch. I loved every minute of it, and I also loved closing the doors after a solid four-year run. I had several employees, it was pre-kids, and I've never worked so hard in my life. Seven days a week, non-stop, and the business was booming. So I was sending girls from my office out to job sites. A contractor would call. He'd need me Or the store. You can't leave it empty because it's open to the public. So someone had to stay. And depending on the day, depending on the meeting that was coming in that day, it wasn't always me that could walk out the door. So you're saying, okay, great, Renee, it worked out. Well, I thought it did at the time. I would have one of the junior designers go to the meeting, come back, report, Any issues, make some decisions based on the knowledge that they had, and everything seemed hunky dory. It was only after I closed those doors when the clients who we were still working with told me that they weren't sure they were always getting the same level of advice if it wasn't me coming on the job sites. Now, some of that I think is an emotional response, right? They hire Renee, they think Renee only knows. What's best. And therefore, if Renee's surrogate comes, then they're getting second best. I'll be the first to tell you that isn't necessarily true. But I'll also be the one to tell you that the mistake I made was not having them go every time. So, as you know, if you're on these construction projects, you are keeping track week by week by week what's been happening, what hasn't been happening, what's fallen through the cracks, what hasn't. And if you go on a vacation, let's say, and you miss A week and you go back on that job site, it takes a solid 15, 20 minutes of absorbing what has happened. Even if you've been kept abreast through emails or texts or what have you with the contractor, it takes time to absorb what has happened, what needs to be addressed, what has been fixed, what hasn't been fixed, and then move forward with the task at hand. I did find because I made the choice to let another person go in my place, that it wasn't always the most effective. There were times I would also have to go out because, frankly, they just didn't have enough information to make the decision that the contractor needed or what have you. And so what I should have done, and I'm happy to tell you I should have done and yet didn't, was I should have said, the meeting will have to wait until I can come. But because I had people working for me, I thought, well, surely they know enough, quote unquote, about the job to be effective. And again, they did to a degree. But ultimately, the name on the door was mine. And so the highs and the lows of every project rests on my shoulders, as it will for yours. So after I closed the store, I swore, that's it, no more employees. Now, this was long before virtual assistants were even in existence. And I stuck to my guns. I took the jobs that I could work on my own. Now, I did get help with drawings. I had a local girl who did all of my drawings. I had a bookkeeper to handle that work. That was it. Every project, every decision was mine. I tailored my work accordingly, only took the jobs I knew that I could handle. And space them out as best I could. The downside was I did have a few girls over the years ask to mentor with me. Uh, Some friends' daughters would come home for the summer and say, Hey, can I shadow you for the summer? Or can I help you out in your office for the summer? I'd really like to learn more about the business. And I have to admit, I said no. I knew the work it would take, I knew that they weren't going to be able to help me in the way that I needed. And so I said no. I'm not. Proud of that decision. I know why I made it in the moment, but I wish I had made a different decision and made the bandwidth to let them actually shadow me. But I knew that it wouldn't be that effective for me personally, but it would have been very valuable for the girls that had asked. So, fast forward, and what I want you to focus on today is the world of virtual assistants. I still have no employees in person. But I've talked about this in the past. I have tons of virtual assistants. I have made a list. What do I do in a given day? And then I expand. What does that mean in a given week? What does that mean in a given month? And I looked at it and I said, what do I not have to do myself? Now, that doesn't mean I never look at it. It means I don't necessarily have to create it. So what does that mean? I work extensively with reps in my showrooms. I have made great relationships. I have specific girls in specific showrooms that I can call up. They know my taste. They know my style. They know my price points that I'm usually looking for. And they are my assistants. I will call up and say, I am looking for a blue fabric, upholstery weight, little texture, no other color, boom within a couple of days, I have fabrics at my door. That doesn't mean I don't go to the showrooms. It just means there are times, particularly with what I call filler fabrics, where I don't need to go and spend the time to do that work when I can call in showroom assistants. Same with furniture. If I'm looking for a specific piece of furniture, I will email my reps and say, this is what I need. This is the approximate size. What do you have? Now, as far as the construction management, I do no drawings. I can't believe I'm saying this. I love to draft. I finally took my drafting board down. I have a very small one that I can noodle around on, but I don't do any of my drawings. It wasn't time efficient. I never kept up with all of the updates and new programs out there. And it just didn't make sense for me to reinvent the wheel, learn a new system, and do drawings when I can have insanely fast people do it for me. I still don't do my bookkeeping. Thank goodness. We're all better off because of that, frankly. And he can remotely work inside my program, building proposals, turning them into purchase orders, invoicing clients, the works. I have access to the email he uses inside my firm. So I can jump in there and see what he's chatting with clients about and what's been sent and what hasn't been sent. And we have Meetings to discuss what needs to go and what doesn't need to go. But that is off my plate. Now, as far as this podcast, the reason it comes out polished and sounding as good as it does is because of the virtual assistant I have doing that work. I know that there are programs out there that I could do the editing on my own, but I can assure you it would take me forever to figure it out. And that's time away from the projects and the type of work I want to do. My online course and all of the content, again, way beyond my tech knowledge, like way, way beyond, as some of you who have had some technology issues along the way realize that I just simply forward the information to my virtual assistant who takes care of all of that for me. So again, I can stay doing the work that I love, creating the content, putting my knowledge out there for you all to learn from. All of that said, I had a designer reach out to me and why I wanted to talk about this today, telling me that she was going to mentor a design student. And I thought, you know what? That's my next step. Now, my problem, there is no design school within about an hour of where I work. And so there weren't a lot of design students looking for an in-person mentorship. But it is time that I pay it forward again. I do feel that this podcast, the course, the designers I support one-on-one, that's me paying forward all of the lessons and opportunities I was given by the women I worked for. But I do feel that it's time for me to try and find an in-person mentorship. And so that's one of my goals for this year. And I'll keep you posted on how that progresses. So, for those of you thinking, I still need someone in person, Renee, I really do. Okay, I get it. I would set your expectations correctly. I would create jobs that they can be successful in. So, keep it in the decorating world, keep it in the specifying world. But then I would also be taking them on job sites regularly. Perhaps not every time, because then that's not time they can be working on other projects. But in order for them to learn, like I learned, You need to be taking them to the job sites and showing them up close in person what is going on, at least on a weekly basis. Again, my goal is always community over competition. And that is the same with taking these junior designers on job sites. You will be building the knowledge and experience designers will need to go into this niche of construction management with the hopes of expanding. The industry seeing us as the professionals that we truly are. So, to wrap this up, if your goal for 2024 is to offload some of the overwhelm that you're experiencing, definitely do it. Do not put it off. Don't leave this episode and say, well, Renee said junior designers aren't going to help me on job sites, so I can't have them. Wrong. Get the junior designer that you need or the virtual assistant like I do to offload the work that you truly don't need to do. I truly do not need to write up client proposals. It's just a waste of my time. I don't need to do it. And honestly, I was a little anxious when I first gave up that task. And a week in, I thought, well, that was stupid. I should have done that years ago. So take it from me. I am a control freak. A++ personality, it is hard sometimes to give up what feels like a sense of control, but once you do, once you empower that person to take on the responsibility that they want and are seeking, you will have so much more time, both mental and physical, to be working on the projects that you want. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know it means construction. And so when I head out to construction sites, I know that my staff, albeit virtual, is working behind the scenes. So I have the time and the bandwidth to lean in to my construction projects, share my expertise, and run successful projects to the end. So as always, if this leaves you with more questions than answers, I am happy to discuss this offline. You can always email me at renee at com, or send me a DM in social media. We'll connect that way if it's easier. I can't thank you enough for your time today. I know how valuable our time is and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, Bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't. Building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, davignadesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.